Well, good morning, everybody. God is good. That was a sudden change of weather. Would you agree with me on that? Now, I like this weather, but I know some of you are saying a little too early for fall, but is that sky beautiful, though, the beautiful moon? Creation is just overwhelming. Wow. Wow. I get a wow? Wow. That bright star that you saw next to the moon, that was Saturn. Beautiful. Then they were shooting stars the other day as the comet passed through. Awesome. Just amazing. But what amazes me more is they know these shooting stars are going to come every August on those two days and just perfect timing. That's just amazing. What a God we serve. God of perfection. Amen. Can we just open in prayer? Father, we love you. And I thank you for the joy of our salvation. And I thank you for the wonders. You have mysteries out there. Drama and arts, Lord. Flowers that are so tiny and so big. Fish and, and the list goes on and on, Lord. So when we see such craziness in our world, a culture that's being totally delusionized or deceived, Lord, we stay in peace because we see a good God. And as the first song we sang, you said it, you knew the end from the beginning and you wrote it down for us so that we could stay in peace in the midst of crazy times. We thank you for that. We thank you for your word today. Your word is anointed. Thank you for anointing this vessel to bring forth your word. In Jesus' name, amen, amen. amen. Would you turn with me again to Proverbs chapter 3? We started last week on a series called Wisdom, Wisdom, and we saw how important wisdom is in our lives. How many can say you have some decisions that you got to make that you can use a little bit of wisdom? Anybody? All right. You know, sometimes though, when I listen to people or I even see some of the things I do, I scratch my head and I go, where did that come from? Anybody ever do something like that? All right. Here's a couple things I read. They were on Twitter. I saw my sister give up trying to make Kool-Aid because she couldn't figure out how to put three cups of water inside that little package. <laughs> Another one said, I had a co-worker who would not put gas in her car till it was empty because she didn't want to waste the gas that was already in the tank. Wisdom, church family, wisdom. I brought out last week that in life we all go through statements like this. I just don't know what to do. I don't know how to handle my child. They were such an angel and all of a sudden the halo has turned into horns. This marriage situation, everything was going so well and then all of a sudden things started changing. I don't know what to do about my health. The doctor says there's nothing there, but yet I feel something there. My spouse, my job, the list goes on and on. We have all been there, and I guarantee there are some that are there today. Anybody? I'm one. We all are, right? We all have things that come against us. So let's let the Holy Spirit continue to speak today and just open up his word. Amen? We saw last week that there is a big difference between wisdom and knowledge, right? I brought out that knowledge 
puffs up. That's from 1 Corinthians 8.1. But I want to kind of go over that a little bit today to bring forth a little understanding. Knowledge puffs up, but love edifies. But knowledge is necessary. Can I get an amen? It says over in the book of Hosea 4.6, my people are destroyed for a lack of knowledge. Salvation comes through knowledge. Amen. Understanding of things to do come through knowledge. If I want to learn about joy, I got to get knowledge from the word of God. If I want to learn about healing, if I want to learn about peace, these all come through knowledge. So I'm not putting knowledge down. What I'm bringing out is that knowledge can puff up. But love will always edify. I'll give you an example. I remember one day, I think it was on uh, space.com, where it was talking about the wonders of the universe, and I went and typed in, the heavens declare the glory of God. Oh, dear Lord, you thought I would have started World War III on that one. I put a scripture out there about the glory of God. How dare you write that? We don't want your kind on our, our website. It's not about that. It's all about science. Well... I'm not a debater, so I just let it go from there. But where did science come from? Where did the perfection of mathematics come from? Where did the perfection of music come from? All these things that our bright young people know everything about, where did it all begin? I love when these scientists can throw out statements like this. The earth is 80 billion years old. Really? You were there? 80 billion? Could it have been 85? Could it have been 10,000? You know? Is an arrogance out there that can come with knowledge. And that's where knowledge puffs up. But love edifies. Love, love always wants to help another person. Love doesn't say, look at me. I know it all. Love will say, let me come down and meet you where you're at. Amen. I always think of our Heavenly Father God. He meets us right where we're at. Amen. I got saved smoking pot. People will say, well, that, that's weird. Well, that's how he met me. And I say it like this. God will meet us in blue jeans or he'll meet us in a three-piece suit. He comes down to meet us, to lift us up. And that's why knowledge can puff up but love always builds up, amen? But again, and we'll see it in Peter if we have time in this series, how Peter says you need knowledge to get virtue and to get all these other things from the word of God, amen? It's as we find wisdom, it brings blessing into our life and to those around us. Are you there in Proverbs chapter three? Go to verse 13. We looked at this last week. And I want you to, this week I'm just going to pop out some words at you. You ready? Happy, we talked about that last week, is the man who finds, finds. Finds is a, is a verb. It has action to it. It shows that wisdom doesn't just drop on us. There is some part that we have to do to get wisdom inside of us. Wisdom is out there. Wisdom is talked about in the Bible as a lady. In our dating experience as men, we date the ladies. We bring the flowers. We open the door. I know today's a different day and age, but that's what we did back then. 
And we spoke nice and on and on and on. And here it says, happy is the man who finds wisdom and the man who gains understanding. So let that word sink in today, find. Because it shows I have some action that must be involved in my life to get wisdom into my life. Can I get an amen? Now watch. For her, and that's what I brought out last week, it talks about wisdom like a lady, right? Her proceeds are better than the profit of silver and her gain than fine gold. So it's saying wisdom is more important than the wealth of this world. But yet, it continues on and says, she is more precious than ruby. rubies and all the things you may desire cannot compare to her. Length of days is in her right hand. Everybody hold your right hand out again. Length of days. And in her left hand are riches and honor. People say, oh, I don't believe God wants us to have wealth. Well, why would he stick this in the Bible? He says length of days. That means a good life. He says riches and honor. That means having a supply of finances to live comfortably in this life. Amen? But let me say that, this. There's another scripture that says people get money, but it's like holes in their pocket. It just disappears. What do I need? Wisdom on how to handle the money. How many times I buy some? Thank God Amazon has free return policy, right? But how many times you buy some? You say, why did I buy that? And then other times, you know, because I, again, I have 30 years of, of grocery store experience. You know how to sell items. You put them in strategic places. So when people come by, oh, I need that. Did you really need that? Was it on your shopping list? Amen. Anyway, that's just a little, that's wisdom. That's wisdom, right? Her ways are ways of pleasantness. And all her paths our peace. How many can use a little peace today? Come on, we live in a crazy world. There are wars and rumors of wars flinging out there. There are, I mean, to have a commercial in New York City about what to do if there's a, a nuclear bomb drop, I'll tell you what to do. Take me home, Lord Jesus. As I, live, I watched the movie the day after. I don't want to live the day after a nuclear bomb. Why are they talking about these things? Something's coming down the road, right? There's no doubt about it. Then look what it says in verse 18. She is a tree of life to those who hold her. Another verb, another action word. When you get wisdom, you hold on to her. Because I have found out in life, you get something and then you forget it if you don't write it down and get it deep within your heart. Come on, talk to me. And that's spiritual things and natural things. How many here have ever gone through this one? You haven't gone on a certain website or a certain app in a while, and it's not going to take a face recognition or your thumb. You got to put the password back in. And who remembers it? That was two months ago I went on that thing. Or a program or something you learned, and then, Hannah, I need help. I don't know how to get on this thing. You forget. And here's what it says. Take hold of her. Grab her. And happy are all those who retain her. What a beautiful and powerful verses these are, right? Wisdom has so much to offer. In fact, wisdom, it says, is the most important thing. And we looked at this last week, but I want to do it as a refresher. Proverbs 4, 5. Proverbs 4, 5, just a chapter over. 
And it says to us, watch what it says. Get wisdom. Get understanding. Exclamation mark. A little oomph. Get it. Go for it. Get understanding. In our own development of our own natural minds. It's when we take time to truly study something and not go, I just want to get through this class and that's the end of it. But we truly want to understand how it works, say photography or astronomy or, or anything along the lines that takes a little bit of effort. It's as you put the effort in that the knowledge of it comes. It's even more developed in the spirit realm as we start seeking wisdom, as we start seeking the knowledge of God, as we hunger and thirst, Jesus promised us that we will be filled. But it's as we hunger and thirst. There's a, a scripture in the Old Testament that says the eyes of the Lord go throughout the whole earth seeking to whom he may show himself strong too. I want to say many times, stop here, Lord. But yet I know my lacks. I know my inconsistencies. I know my lack of discipline. Anybody else can agree with me? How do you know that about me, guys? <laughs> we all have that, right? Where we say, man, if I would just stick with this, I know I can get that code open. I know I can get that understanding. I know that the revelation of it will come but we get caught up in a thing called life. The minutia or the wasted. Come on, talk to you. You can say amen to that. As I waste time, we all do, right? Watch how it goes on here. Get wisdom, get understanding. Do not forget nor turn away from the words of my mouth. Do not forsake her and she will preserve you. Watch what it says now. Love her. Love wisdom, and she, I didn't say knowledge here, wisdom, and she, excuse me, will keep you. This word keep in the, in the Hebrew is the word nasar, N-A-S-A-R, and it means this, she will guard you, she will preserve you, she will watch over you from danger. Come on, talk to me. How many need that? How many need while you're driving, Lord, I don't feel to go this way. What's going on? Go this way, go this way. And you don't know. We'll find out when we get to heaven that maybe we just missed a major accident that we could have been in. There's wisdom there. There's the leading of the spirit there. There's his guidance. His, you know, he says there'll be a still small voice. He didn't say it'll be a loud voice. We'll hear it even on our right side or our left. The voice, go this way, go that way. But we're in such a rush, 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 rush life that we don't take time to listen to wisdom. We don't take time to listen to he who is all wisdom, the Holy Spirit that has been given to us. Can I get an amen? amen. But say this with me. I am going to start listening to that inner voice, the real me that the Holy Spirit communicates with. Amen. Do you see where I'm talking here? I'm talking here. Let me not get ahead of myself. Verse 7. Wisdom is the principal thing. Therefore, get wisdom. And in all you're getting, get understanding. Exalt her, and she will promote you. She will bring you honor 
when you embrace her. She will place on your head an ornament of grace. Grace is God's undeserved, unmerited favor, right? So she'll put this grace on your head, a crown of glory she will deliver to you. But what did it just say? Get wisdom. Find her. Go out of your way to find wisdom. Come on, you're getting wisdom right now, church family. Because the Bible says God said in the church, the apostle, the prophet, the evangelist, the pastor and teacher for the edification, the exhortation, the teaching of the word of God. Amen? That's my job. My job is to soak this in that I just squeeze it out to you. Wisdom, it comes from the favor of God and it also comes from the finished work of Jesus Christ. We saw that last week also. But of him you are in Christ Jesus who became for us wisdom, righteousness, sanctification, and redemption. It's deep within us. Now I'm going to talk a little deeper now. I want you to go over to the New Testament 1 Corinthians chapter 2, and you're going to see some things about wisdom, about the mystery. The Bible says these mysteries have been hid from all generation, but now they have been revealed to the church, to us. Think about what he's saying there. There have been, mysteries mean divine secrets in the Bible. There have been divine secrets that have been held back from people like Moses People like Joseph and Daniel and Esther and Ruth and Nehemiah and Ezekiel and Isaiah. But now they're revealed to us, the church. Why is that? Because we're on this side of Calvary. They were on this side of Calvary. When you think about that little statement, the mystery that had been healed, healed, hid from all generation has now been revealed in us, which is... Christ in you, the hope of glory. Come on, think about that. Here Moses sets up a tabernacle. In that tabernacle is the glory of God. Aaron, the high priest, two sons try to go in to burn strange fire, the Bible says, and they were killed instantly. We see Solomon's temple. And we see the glory, the Shekinah glory, one of the wonders of the earth because God's presence was in there. We see that it was taken down by King Nebuchadnezzar and Babylon. And then we see King Herod, evil but yet great King Herod because he was a great architect of the time, make the Herodian temple. And it was destroyed in 70 A.D., by Titus. We get that. But we also remember that when Jesus said on the cross, it is finished, that the curtain in the temple, which they said was huge and massive, which could not be ripped by a human hand, was shredding pieces from the top to the bottom. Amen. What happened? God said, Arrivederci. Ciao. Bonsoir. Hasta la vista baby. For you that didn't get that, he said goodbye to a temple made of rock or uh, uh, animal skin and now he lives in us. Amen. Know ye not that you are the temple of the Holy Spirit. 
and God lives in us. Boy, let your mind just, just penetrate on that. What wisdom is inside us? And we listen to stunads on TV tell us what to do. Come on, talk to me, guys. What wisdom is in this book, the Bible, that can lead us out of bankruptcy, can give us wisdom in our marriage, can help us in our relationship, can help us with our children on and on and on and on. And we want to listen to people that put this book down. You ready? Are you there in second? First Timothy chapter two. That's exactly what I said. Boy, you guys are, you interpreted my tongues there. That's good. This is a supernatural knowing. Wisdom is an insight that will show you things that you would have never known. Have you ever had that happen? You didn't have a clue how to figure it out. And wisdom, you pray a short prayer. Oh, God, help me. I used to own a, a green, metallic green Vega, right? And I went and did the, the brakes myself. <laughs> Thank you for that laugh out there. When I got to the second one, I had pieces left over. It's, it's not good for brakes to have pieces left over. And I remember praying and all of a sudden seeing where it should go. Amen. Little things like that. Little prayers that you just pray, oh God, I did something stupid. Can you help me out of this one? And he does. He is so merciful. His goodness is beyond words. He is long suffering. He is something else. Here we go. First Corinthians 2. However, watch how many times he used the word wisdom. We speak wisdom among those who are Mature. So he's talking about different areas of Christianity here. People that want to go deeper and people that just want to stay shallow. Now look, you shallow ones, you're going to heaven, right? If you believe on Jesus Christ, you are going to heaven. I mean, the Bible says it like this. There will be some saved as if by fire. And, you know, that whole story there, Paul is talking about something that's going on in the Corinthian church where the young man is having sex with his, his father's wife. And it's, you think we got crazy things today. They had it back then, too. And he says, bring them to repentance. Bring them to that place. It didn't say to kick them out. It says, you be hard on them. But when he repents, you accept him in. Amen. Oh, yeah. What we see in the church nowadays is there's a mistake by somebody. You know, look. If there's a mistake of adultery or something in this area, there should be a stepping aside, no doubt. But there should also be a plan of restoration. There should still be a plan that the church comes together and says, look, take a year, go off, get close to God, work on your marriage again, and then come on back. But it seems like Christians want to bury their wounded. They don't want to give that chance. Thank God God gives us a chance, amen? God gives us a chance. Right now, we're hearing a lot about Hillsong and all that's going on. And look, they need it to step down. If there's adultery, you got to get out of there. Amen? But there's so many good things they did. Let's not just chuck this away and say that's the end of it all now. Let's pray that they'll come back even stronger 
than they've ever been. I think of it like this, church family. Christians seem to fight each other more than any other group. You ever watch evil politicians? They'll all stick together. They'll all pass that bill together. Even though it could destroy the country, they're going to do it. But yet Christians, no, no, I'm over here. I don't agree with what that church is doing. I'm over here. I don't. Can you imagine if we, which are strong, say, in children and youth ministry, can hook up with someone that's strong in the prophetic, with someone that's strong with healing, and all work together? Wouldn't that be something? he's a heretic. Why is he a heretic? Because he said this. Really? You heard him say it? No, I didn't hear him, but somebody told me. They remind me of evil politician commercials. They take a, an hour pre us, you know, what, what the politicians do, speech, and they take 30 seconds out of it, and they build everything around that. And we see it so often in the church, and it's so sad, when we can be the powerhouse on planet earth. Amen. Amen. However, we speak wisdom among those who are mature, yet, watch what he says now, yet not the wisdom of this age, this age that we're living in, we're in the church age right now, the dispensation of grace, but yet we are in a culture right now, they can't even tell the difference between a boy and a girl. And I'm going to follow that. It's real simple to see what the difference is between a guy and a lady, amen? Just look down. You'll know right away. It's as simple as it can be. But yet this culture is saying, you'll still get on the Supreme Court, just don't say that. So we have a person on the Supreme Court that doesn't even know what a woman is. Think about this. Think of where we have gone in this delusion that we are in right now. Church family, what we need to do is pray. Because one thing I know about God, he is long-suffering. So he has given everybody the opportunity before that trumpet sounds. But when his judgment comes, look at Noah's Ark, how intense it was. Only eight people out of the entire world were left. Look at Sodom and Gomorrah. Just Lot, his wife, and the two daughters, and the wife even turned around. So when the judgment of God comes, it's huge. But as long as we're here, we are holding back God's wrath upon this earth. Amen? Amen. You are the salt of the earth. You are the light of this world. It's some heavy preaching, but it's the gospel. Amen? People, there's no such thing as hell. Really? You've gone in the spirit and you made sure there is no such... I'm going to listen to you and I'm going to... Bank my eternity on what you say and not what this book says that's been around for over 4,000 years. That the Savior, the Lord Jesus Christ, the Messiah, talked more about hell and demons than any other person in this entire book. And I'm going to listen to you and possibly send myself there? It ain't. I got enough wisdom not to do that. Amen? Jesus gave us the most vivid story in the Bible of 
hell, and back then it was called paradise or Abraham's bosom, this person in hell is looking over to Lazarus who he wouldn't even give crumbs of food to, and he's saying to him, would you at least dip your finger in the water and put it on my tongue, for I am in this place of torment? And that doesn't even scare me as much as his next statement. He says, would you send somebody up there to tell my brothers about this place so that they won't come? Why would that scare you more, Pastor? Because it's showing me that in hell, they still have their minds. And in hell, he now has compassion for someone that you think he would say, I hope they end up here too if I'm here. And think about at the resurrection, doesn't the Bible say that we're going to get a glorified body? It says the dead are going to rise. What are they going to get? That should make an evangelist out of every one of us. We should do everything in our power to share the gospel with our neighbors, with our families. If they, if they say, oh, I don't want to hear that, then, then they, it's on their hands. It's not on my hands. But if I can at least tell them about the love of God and that Jesus isn't mad at them and that they can get to heaven, I don't need to preach hell in that setting. In that setting, I share the goodness of God because it's the goodness of God that leads to repentance. But in the back of my mind, I'm thinking, I can help get this guy out of hell, amen, or this lady out of hell. All right, let's keep going on. You guys are eating up all my time. However, we speak the wisdom among those who are mature, yet not the wisdom of this age, nor of the ruler of this age. You get it? People say, why did God let that happen? Who is the ruler of this age? In whom the God of this world has blinded their eyes, that they might not see the glorious light of the gospel. Satan, he legally, he took, from Adam, the lease of this earth. Adam committed high treason. Jesus Christ has restored it, but each person still has to make that decision. Amen? Now watch. I, I like this. Nor the rulers of this age who are coming to nothing. Don't you love that? When you see these ruler, e ruling rulers, evil rulers in our own country and the whole world, you know what they're coming to? Nothing. Thank you. You can say it a little louder. They're coming to Nothing, amen? When you know, the Swabs and the Soruses want to get the whole world reset by the year 2030 and they are going full-blown for it. I hope we're gone before that. What are they going to come to? Nothing. Come on, talk to me, church. This stuff is happening. You need to know what's going on. They want to change everything by 2030. You will own nothing and you'll be happy. But yet they'll own everything. That interesting, right? Let's hire 87,000 IRS agents. Why would you want to hire so many IRS people and give them the ability to carry guns? Why? I thought they were supposed to be like bookkeepers. <laughs> Something's going on, church. Amen? Keep looking up. Our redemption is drawing near. But that doesn't mean we're not going to see some crazy stuff. Get close to Jesus is all I can tell you. That's wisdom, amen? But we speak the wisdom, verse 7, of God 
in a mystery, the hidden wisdom which God ordained before the ages for our glory. So he set this in place even before he started putting ages on this earth. Here it goes, verse 8. Which none of the rulers of this age knew. For had they known, they would not have crucified the Lord of glory. Think about that. Here Satan crucifies Jesus. What's he thinking? I won, I won, I beat God. Satan is the most egotistic, big-headed jerk that you'll ever know. Us Christians come up with Christmas. Okay, I'm going to have Halloween. Or let me flip Christmas around and let me make it not about the birth of the Savior, but about a man in a little red suit bringing gifts. Oh, how about Easter? Easter is about the resurrection of Christ, the greatest day. Oh, let me switch that around and make it about an Easter bunny. I got no problem. You want to have fun with these things. And I had fun with these things with my kids. But they always knew they were fake fairy tales. Jesus Christ is real. And if you don't tell them that, what's going to happen is when they get older and they find out that's fake, they're going to say, well, I guess Jesus is fake too. Use wisdom. Nothing wrong with having fun with Santa Claus and all this. But you let them know this is make-believe. You know, we're just going to have a good time with it. Amen? All right. Now, which none of the rulers of this age knew, for had they known, they would not have crucified the Lord of glory. So here he is. He's out there down in hell celebrating, I won, I won, I won. He's putting together deviled eggs and devil ham, and he's having a big party. But then you remember the story about Paul and Silas, that there was an earthquake? I think there was an earthquake in hell that day, and there was a shaking going on. And Jesus Christ rose from the dead. But Jesus Christ didn't just rise from the dead and go straight up. He did something. What did he do? He went into Abraham's bosom, the saints of the Old Testament. He preached the gospel to them. They got born again, and he led captivity captive, and he gave gifts to men. Can you picture King David Moses, all the old, only two Old Testament people never died, right? Everybody else died. The only two that never died was Elijah and Enoch. People say, well, it was Moses that never died. No, no, no. If you study it, even in the book of Jude, it says that Lucifer, Satan, he battled over the body of, uh, of Moses, but God buried Moses. So Moses died, but Enoch and Elijah never died. Doesn't the Bible say it's appointed unto man once to die and then the judgment? It does. That's why I feel those are the two witnesses in the book of Revelation that are going to come down in the end days during the seven-year tribulation, preach their hearts out, and then be killed. Live. Their bodies are going to be left on the ground for three days, and then the life of God is going to come in them, and they're going to be resurrected right on CNN News, MSNBC, and every other news station out there. They're going to see their bodies go up. Well, I think it's Moses and Elijah. Great, the law, and the law and the prophet, if that's what you believe, great. But these are the only two people that didn't go into Abraham's bosom, never died. So how are they living? I don't know. I think they're like bubble boys. <laughs> Somehow, they're because they still got their bodies. Can't live in heaven with a body, Right? 
It's going to be interesting to find out some of these mysteries. Amen? So here it says, which none of the rulers of this age knew. For had they known, they would not have crucified the Lord of glory. But as it is written, eyes have not seen, nor ears heard, nor has entered into the heart of man the things which God has prepared for those that love him. You love God today? Hey, he's got some cool stuff ready for us. Amen? Verse 10. But God has revealed them to us by his Spirit. See? That wisdom is there, right? For the Spirit searcheth all things, yes, the deep things of God. For what man knoweth the things of a man except the spirit of the man which is in him? Is that the truth? You don't know what I'm thinking inside me right now. I don't know what you're thinking. You might think, be thinking right now, I wish you'd shut up and pray and get this over with. <laughs> oh, you're all being nice, but some of you are saying, how did you know that? That must have been a word of knowledge, Amen. And there's times you're talking with your mate. And you don't know if your mate, you're, going, you're giving her all her info. Yeah, I know that, right? Bye-bye. She's looking at you in her mind. She's going, you're an idiot. <laughs> you don't know. Because that spirit is inside you. You ever walk in a mall or a stadium or something, and there's thousands and thousands of people, and everyone's thinking something totally different. But yet if they pray, God will still hear them. Mind-boggling. So no one knows the spirit of man which is in him. Even so, no one knows the things of God except the spirit of God. Now we have received not the spirit of this world. That's why it's so easy to know who to vote for, who to believe in and stuff like that because we have the spirit of God in us. You don't go, I'm a Democrat, I'm a Republican, I'm an independent. You say, Lord, who do I vote for? Amen? All right, here we go. Now we have received not the spirit of the world, but the spirit who is from God, that we might know the things, ready, say with me, that have been freely given to us by God. These things we also speak, not in words which man's wisdom teaches, but which the Holy Spirit teaches, ready? Comparing spiritual things with spiritual. You know what? Spiritual things aren't like natural things. And that's why sometimes people see spiritual things and they make fun of it because they have a carnal mind. Their mind isn't spiritual. So they see that and they go, well, that's different. Well, yeah, it's going to be different. Amen. Now watch. But the natural man does not receive the things of the Spirit of God, for they are foolishness to him. Nor can he know them because they are spiritually discerned. But he who is spiritual judges all things. And he himself is rightly judged by no one. Now watch this, guys. For who has known the mind of the Lord, that he may instruct him? But we have the mind of Christ. Well, that's good, Pastor, but I sure don't act like it. Yeah, thank you. Me too. How come? Because we're in such a rush. We're, free, we're renewing our mind with the things of this world. We're not taking time to hear what the Spirit of God is saying. How come at times the Spirit of God can bubble up, I call it bubble up, revelation, and at other times we can't figure out what to do? Jesus said it like this. This kind doesn't come out except by prayer and fasting. Does prayer and fasting change God? No, it changes us. It gets us quiet enough to hear the mind of Christ. But that's in us already. 
we are the temple of the Holy Spirit. Amen? Some have big temples, some have small temples. <laughs> we are the temple of the Holy Spirit. Amen? We're going to continue to grow on wisdom even on Wednesday nights. Catch us 7 p.m. online. We're going to continue to chew on this to get this wisdom. I want wisdom. How about you? Length of days in her right hand, riches and honor in her left hand. That's just about all of life, isn't it? Amen? Health and your needs being met. Amen? And then it also talked about peace and all these other aspects. Love you, church family. I want to give you a message that'll stir you up, that'll make you go home and say, I want to see what he said, if that's true, and open your Bible and grow. Because the wisdom of God is all in that book. Amen. Amen. Let's close in prayer. We're having a prayer time today. If you'd like to join us right after church, give it about 10 minutes. If you want to get a cup of coffee or a glass of water, right up front here, right after church. Father, we love you, and again, we thank you for your goodness and your grace. I thank you, Lord, that I desire your wisdom. And I know I get busy and I want to hear this teaching and I want to go hear what this guy has to say about end days and I want to hear this report, all this stuff, Lord. I want to hear you, Father. I want to hear your voice. I know Jesus spent all night at times in prayer to hear your voice. And that was Jesus. How much more we that have to contend with a, a body like this and a mind like this. Help us, Lord. Help us to learn this wisdom, not knowledge, this wisdom in you. This morning as we wrap up, I do ask you, the greatest wisdom is accepting Jesus as your Lord and Savior. The Bible says a fool says in his heart, there is no God. And all creation screams, I'm here, I'm here, I'm here people say there's no God, they delude themselves. This morning, if you're here, you've never asked Jesus into your heart. You have not been born again. You have not become a new creation in Christ, and you would like to do that. I ask you to pray this prayer with me, and we'll all pray it together to help you along this journey. Pray this with me. Say this. My dear God in heaven, I believe today that Jesus Christ he is the Son of God. I believe He died on the cross. He rose on the third day. Lord Jesus, come into my heart. Be my Lord. Be my Savior. I thank you for forgiving me of my sins, accepting me today. I thank you that I am born again in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. If you're praying that prayer for the first time today or as a rededication, I want to say congratulations. What I like to do is give you a little gift before you leave. There's no charge for it. Won't ask you to stand. Won't ask you to come to the front. I will ask you to raise your hand because one of our altar workers is going to give you a little gift, a gift from us to you. If you don't have a Bible, inside that gift is a little green card. Take it to our bookstore after church and they'll give you a free New Testament. Again, our gift 
to you. We just want to help you in your newfound walk, your newfound faith. Amen? So if you're receiving Jesus for the very first time, or you're rededicating your life, or you're just not sure yet, you're still seeking, but you would take this package, this little track, this little booklet to help you, then with no one looking around between you, Almighty God, myself, and one altar worker that'll hand this to you, would you slip your hand up, let them see it, They'll see your hand. They'll put this package in your hand. And that's all they'll do for you. Amen. Thank you for that hand over there. Thank you. That's you. Just slip your hand up. We're not here to embarrass you. We're not here to make you feel funny. We're not here to bring fear into your life. But there is a heaven to gain and a hell to shun. Listen, if you're blood-bought, thank you for that hand over there. Thank you for that other hand over there. Thank you. If you're blood-bought, you're going to heaven. There's no backwards on that. Amen? No backwards on that. No backwards on that. Receiving Jesus as your Lord and Savior is the key. Anyone else? Join these. Boy, three or four have raised their hands so far. If that's you, you haven't raised your hand yet, just slip your hand up. Let the altar workers see you. Let them get this package. It's just a little package. It just has a track and I believe a gospel of John. You don't have a Bible little card in there. Take it to the bookstore. We'll give you that as our gift. Just slip your hand up. Don't leave today without that assurance of that. Man, if you were to get hit by a Mack truck today, you'd be with Jesus Christ. Again, the Bible says some will be saved as if by fire. I think that's people that get born again and then die that same day, or we call it deathbed experience. Amen. One more time, I'm going to look around. If that's you, slip your hand up. Let us see it and put it right back down. For you that raised your hand today, we like to celebrate with you. Let's give them a big hand today. I'm going to close in prayer again. If you'd like to join us for prayer on my, my left side, your right side, we'll be meeting in about 10, 15 minutes, and we just have about a 30, 40-minute time of prayer together. Father, we thank you for this day. We thank you that Jesus is Lord. We thank you for the resurrection and the life. We thank you that we are gaining wisdom as we study your word. You're the one that has put pastors and teachers in the church that we might grow thereby. We thank you, Father, for this beautiful day and the beautiful weather. We thank you for family and friends, and we thank you for life and that more abundantly. I thank you for your people today, this precious church family that does so much for the kingdom of God. I pray that you, Lord, you bless them and keep them. You, Lord, make your face shine upon them and be gracious to them. You, Lord, let your face shine upon them and give them your shalom, your, your peace, Lord. I thank you, Lord, ready, church, that you have made us the head and not the tail, above only and not beneath, that in all our ways and endeavors that we are greatly blessed, highly favored, and deeply loved. But we are blessed be a blessing. Go be a blessing. Have a great day. God bless you. Grab a cup of coffee or a glass of water before you go.